and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Arsenal Agenda Series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. We're joined this morning by Umar. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, not bad, Tom. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Just call me Tom. No, no one calls me Tom. I, li- I like it, man. I, li- I like. Sometimes I like going with the TC. Sometimes I like going with the Tom, Mr. Canton. It varies. <laughs> no, don't use Mr. Canton. That gives me bad flashbacks. That does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to teaching life. Life stuff. About that. <laughs> yeah, that or sir. Honestly, you get bored of the name sir constantly yeah. over and over again. That's respect, bro. You get that respect. Authority. You, you think you get respect? Like you think you're respected, mate? <laughs> There's no respect. There's none at all. True. True. Um, but uh, no, you're doing good? Yeah, I'm not bad, man. How about you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Uh, breaking news this morning. Dropping uh, Nuno Tavares. Linked with a move to Nottingham Forest. Fabrizio Romano reporting the story that they are expected to make a official proposal uh, for a permanent move for the player. No word on a fee, which is... <laughs> Not usually a good sign. <laughs> yeah, it's always a bit scary when there is no sign uh, of a fee being touted in the media. But look, it was just funny when Timber picked up that injury. I saw a few shouts saying keep Tavares, but I think it's the right thing to do. It seemed that he had offers on the table from a whole host of clubs in and around Europe, but his heart has always been to stay in England. So Nottingham Forest, it's not a bad move for him. I think Lodi has left as well. I think he's playing at Marseille now. So it offers that space uh, in the fullback positions uh, for Forrest. Um, Tavares, look, he has that quality in his game to be uh, a useful player for a club like Nottingham Forest. Obviously, he has that uh, those defensive um, deficiencies in his locker. At times, he doesn't have that concentration. He lacks it a bit. So I think it would be a good move for him to stay in England, to go to a club um, like Nottingham Forest, highly respected club, good stature, good status. Um, but again, it depends on the fee. Like if Nottingham Forest, it's all good and well if they want a permanent deal. But if they start offering us fees in and around £5 million, like, I'm, hope, I'm hoping Edu doesn't pick up the phone because oh, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't I have be surprised. a weird feeling it's going to be £5 million. There you go. There you go. I agree. We should be looking to try and get more. I think at least 10. I want to see double digits of this deal. Um, but I am concerned. I, I remember doing... I mean, there's uh, Marcus in the chat is joking about £40 million because I, I remember at the start of the summer window, I think partway through last season when he'd scored six goals for Marseille. Mm. He was a young player, Portuguese youth international. I remember people joking, saying, oh, yeah, we should be getting like over 30 million quid for Nuno Tavares. Yeah. And I'm like, you're just not going to get that much. Like, you'd be lucky to get just over a profit for Tavares. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Or do you get why that's the case? Yeah, I do. Like, it's, his, his, if if we're being completely honest, his performances over in France weren't the best. They weren't the best. If they were that good, um, Marseille was at, wasn't he? They would have like mm. pulled up trees to basically keep him. Similar to when William Saliba was at Marseille and he was performing at such a high level, Marseille wanted to keep him. They wanted to make that loan move permanent. But obviously, William Saliba had that desire to come back to Arsenal and make it here. But there was no sign of Marseille pushing the boat out for Nuno Tavares. And I think that says it all, if we're completely honest. Um, we keep talking about the fact that there's a player there. Um, attacking-wise, he's good. Going forward, he, he's very good. But 
is he a left back? Like, is he a left back? Should he be deployed maybe further forwards in a back five as a wing back, maybe a left-sided midfielder? Because going going defensively, like he's he's not the best. He's not the best. So now nah, like 30 million pounds, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And I think there's players in and around Europe that you'd rather be forking out that money for, um, which is no disrespect to Nuno Tavares. No, not at all. I'm just looking quickly at Nottingham Forest squads. Um, yeah, Lodi, Lodi, got... I think, did leave. Lodi left, yeah. Um, they've got Toffolo and Omar Richards as potential options um, in the squad. I'm trying to think who played at left-back against us. Do you remember who played left-back? Was it like McKenna or something? Um, have a quick look at that game. Warrior played right-back and then was it... Oh, they played a back three and they had Aina left wing-back. And Aurier right. So they are playing a back three with wing backs. Okay. I was yeah, impressed by Aina, actually. I thought he was quite good. Um, how much did they buy him from Torino? Torino, they bought him. Was it, a, was it a free? Yeah, it was a free. They got him on a free transfer. He was so, decent. Before he picked up that yellow yeah. card, he was doing well against Saka. Yeah, 26 years of age. Um, yeah, he's playing left wing back. But his main position, apparently, is right back. He's right yeah, footed. Yeah, yeah. So they don't have a left wing back. So it does make sense maybe that they would bring in Tavares and then move Aina to to right wing back and compete with uh, Serge Aurier, who I thought actually had a decent game against us, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, especially that one-on-one situation dealt with with, with Havertz. Um, but yeah, interesting, that link. So I, I, we'll just have to wait and see how much he ends up costing. Um, let's jump into some of the other stories, of course, to discuss... Um, Emmerich Laporte looks like he's moving on to Al Nasser. Uh, he was mentioned. We talked about him yesterday. Is that for you a bit of a blow, or did you were you not too keen? It, it was always dependent on the price. Um, again, we spoke about it yesterday. There's been talk that with this timber injury, um, the alter- alternatives that we should be looking at um, could be players like Cancelo or Laporte, but. We spoke about the fact that Cancelo, maybe Arsenal inquired at the start of the window. But again, I don't think he has his heart set on staying in, in England. I think he wants to go to Barcelona. He wants to leave the Premier League. So again, I don't think that link will materialise. And in terms of Laporte, he's a good defender, 29 years old, um, played at the highest level. And he's got that international pedigree. But will Manchester City be willing to strengthen their Premier League rivals, like the closest rivals to winning this title? I don't think so. And again, if they get um, a good fee for him from a club from Saudi, they'll, they'll, they'll sanction that sale. But in terms of alternatives that are out there, like there's been a whole host of names that have been linked. Some people want uh, Kieran to stay. Again, I, I disagree with that because if a player doesn't suit our system, doesn't suit the, play, the playing style that we have currently, there's no point keeping him. But again, that doesn't mean that we should allow a loan move if we want him to depart, it should be a permanent deal. And again, I don't care if that's Newcastle or Aston Villa or any of the clubs. If they give us the money that we want for Kirantini, he goes with my best wishes personally. But I was interesting. Uh, like we spoke about Carl Walker Peters yesterday on the show, and like he's someone that is again very versatile, someone that can play right back, left back. But what I've been like researching in the past twenty four hours is that he started the season in the inverted role for Russell Martin's uh, team at Southampton. Like in the opening game against Sheffield Wednesday, 
he played in that inverted fullback role for Southampton. He had a very good performance. In pre-season, he was playing that role. I think in one of the games against Reading, I think Southampton won 4-2. He was playing that inverted fullback role. And according to a lot, a lot of Southampton fans, he's been doing a very good job in that position. I know 18 months ago, he was playing that position when Hassan Hutu was in charge. Yeah. So he must have learned a lot because Hassan Hutu is a very good manager. But it's interesting the fact that Russell Martin has come in. And again, he's not going with that defensive fullback role. He, he wants to see more from his fullbacks being good in possession, going forward, attacking uh, the opponent. So when you talk about players which are available in the market, that's one to watch. But another player, which for me is interesting, and I know some people in the comments maybe like could disagree, but Benjamin Pavard, it's an interesting oh. one for me, Tom. Like interesting yeah. one. And I know he's not had the best of times in recent seasons. He's not the same Benjamin Pavard that first broke onto the scene in a way. But look, he's someone that can play as a centre-back, right-sided centre-back. He's someone that can is comfortable playing as a right-back. He's very good on the ball. He's 27 years uh, old, I think. Yep. And we talk about the fact that when Manchester City last season bought a Kanji from Borussia Dortmund, there was so much criticism. So much criticism. Like, why are Manchester City buying a Kanji? He, he's not at that level required for Manchester City. For me, he was the best signing of last summer. When you talk about bargains in and around Europe, he was the best signing. What he brought yeah. to Manchester City's team, playing as a fullback, being versatile, being dominant, playing in the biggest of games. He, he was a masterstroke of a signing. And you look at Benjamin Pavard, he's been linked with Manchester United. But that deal won't materialise, I don't think, now. With Harry Maguire no. set to stay at, at, at Manchester United, that deal with West Ham, it, it's no longer um, set to take place. This should be one to watch. This should be one to watch because you look at the market. Name me better players in and around Europe that can come in, have that experience. And for me, that is key. Experience is key. And Benjamin Pavard, he's not a bad footballer overnight. He may not have had the best of times in recent months, but there's still a good player there. And it's not like he's 32 or 33. He's 27. Yeah. Yeah. He's 27. So, again, that's someone I would like if we're looking at alternatives for uh, Julian Timber. In a piece yesterday, looking at two others that we discussed yesterday, Mohamed Simakan and Benjamin Henricks as well, potentially other two other options for us to, to consider. That It's not like we're bereft of options, you know, out there. Uh, yeah. I think there are certainly options out there for Arsenal to have a look at. Um, for me, it's a case of making sure that we get at least one. Do you feel as though that this might potentially curtail a move for a forward like Kudos? Potentially, yes. Like a few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that we would imagine that Arsenal would bring in two more players. And this was before uh, David Raya was linked um, with the club. If Julian Timber wasn't injured, I think we would be pushing hard for a forward. But I think our objectives and um, like the transfer market strategy may have changed due to this injury. And I'm, I'm not like, I'm on board with it. I'm on board with it because I look at our defence now and... Someone put a picture, a graphic up yesterday on Twitter and it was basically, you look at the options that we have now and we do look a bit light if we suffer one big injury to someone like William Saliba or if he's out for a few weeks. We look like light in terms of options, quality players in the defensive ranks and we talk about the fact that Zinchenko, I'm glad that he's back in training, by the way. I think that's a big boost to Arsenal. 
Um, he uploaded a picture yesterday on Instagram, so that's nice to see. But we want players that are reliable, which are always available. And you look at the squad, you look at the defence, apart from William Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, Kibio, the, the other defenders, they, they more often than not, they do pick up injuries. They do pick up injuries. Zinchenko, Tomiyasu, Kirantini. So I think it's like, it's crucial. It's crucial for Arsenal to strengthen. And we talk about the fact that Manchester City, we'll speak about it, they've lost a big player in terms of KDB. But what are they doing? What's their first instant reaction to go into the market and look to replace him? It doesn't matter if he's going to be back in four months' time five months time Manchester City realizes importance to the team and I realize Julian Timbers importance to the team and it's crazy it's crazy to sit here and say that because he's only played one game in the Premier League but how much versatility how much composure did he bring to our back client Tom that's why I've been a bit depressed if I'm honest in the past few days and I've seen people having that similar reaction thought process like they're upset a bit deflated and people keep telling them, look, it's only an injury. Where was he last season, etc.? But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. He was vital. He's a vital cog to our system. He was a vital cog to Mikel Arteta's system. I think that uh, it's so difficult now when it comes to um, kind of looking at the depth in the forward line as well and, and how that will be affected by potential injuries or the need for rotation. Because the biggest question this season for me has always been, is Arteta going to be able to rotate efficiently enough? effectively enough. Um if the car sack gets injured, you know, we're in so much trouble, mate. Like we're in so much trouble. Um there's something gone wrong. Yes. Yeah, it's it's why, why do you say it? <laughs> just sort it out. Just tell me to sort it out in two seconds. Marcus, return of the uh robot mic. <laughs> Now you're on mute. Does this work? Are we working? That's better. Yeah, that's better. Clear. It's like, Chris, I love, Chris. I love this. He's like, he's meant to be my, my right-hand guy, and instead he just waits to see when people will comment about it rather than going, Sounds like oh, a Dalek. Are we going to sort ourselves out, you know? <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, when it comes to, where was I? If Saka gets injured, it's like, mm. we have to sign someone, I think. When people say to me, you know, we've got... Vieira, Trossard, Nelson that can all play right wing. It's like, yes, they can play right wing, but I don't want cans. I want do play right wing. Like mm-hmm. these guys that are ultimately versatile enough that they would switch over to the right. But I want players that are going to be able to fit in, compete, and are naturally right-hand side. And, and Kudus is that. I can't quite get my head around. I can only assume it's got something to do with FFP potentially as to why we've not made that move at this stage. Um, the suggestions that Arsenal made, inquiries toward the end of July... Nothing has happened since that point. Do you think it's got something to do with Balogun, potentially? Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Like, Arsenal, I think, are waiting. They're waiting in terms of outgoings now. But even aside from Balogun, I've just got a weird feeling that there might be an outgoing that we least expect in the final weeks of the window. And that doesn't include Kirantini, by the way. That doesn't include Balogun. Someone like Emil Smith-Rowe, potentially. Like, it would not surprise me. It would not surprise yeah. me that if Arsenal, say if they get a good offer for Emil Smith-Rowe, £40 million pounds of upwards, 
Arsenal may decide that, look, there's an opportunity here to get good money for him and to strengthen in a position where it's more like it's, it's a necessity for us. And I agree with you. In and around the pitch, you talk about we're OK, we're stacked in terms of options, in terms of having backup and reliable players to come in if a player's suspended or injured or whatever. But Bakaya Saka, that's the position that I'm worried about. And I agree with you. Like We do have players that can come in and fill that void. Gabriel Jesus, uh, Trossard, Reese Nelson. But are they up to that standard of Bakaya Saka? No. We have to be completely honest. And we lose a lot when Bakaya Saka doesn't play. And he needs a breather. He needs a breather at times. He's not going to be playing week in, week out. Especially now we're back in the Champions League. Wednesday night game. Say we're playing in a competitive Wednesday night game against one of the best teams in Europe. And say on Saturday, we've got a 12.30 kickoff away from home against Aston Villa. So, something like that. It's difficult. It's difficult to recover, etc. And I know he's young, but he's played a lot of games in the past few years. And it's reminiscent of when Jack Wilshere was playing so many games at such a young age. And he picked up these big injuries and he suffered. And you hope that's not the same with Bukaya Saka. And I always see fans talking about the fact that he's paid so much. He's paid 300000 a week. He's young, etc. He shouldn't be complaining. But football doesn't work like that, my friends. It doesn't. Sometimes you need a breather. Sometimes you need to recharge and recover. Because, say, for example, you keep playing him in big games. You keep playing him back-to-back, two games a week. He's going to suffer. He's going to suffer. And then don't start complaining when his performances ain't up to scratch. It's true, isn't it? No, no, you're absolutely right. I'm not doubting it for a second. I just think that it is so hard to bring in somebody that can give you what he gives you, you know. But it's it's Arsenal's it's it's Arsenal's prerogative to try and find that. Do you know? You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's Arsenal's prerogative to try and find that option. And if we don't, yeah, I've got serious concerns about what that means for the future and and what that means for. You know, our, our potential title challenge. Um, we obviously have seen, I, I guess the one thing we haven't talked about, obviously, is, is actually the fact that we made a signing yesterday. Uh, David Raya was officially announced. I know he's been at the club for what feels like forever. You know, he was at the game at the weekend. Uh, it was a very heartwarming video yeah. to see his granddad given that, that shirt by Arteta. Um, Arteta taking photos for his family and stuff. They it does seem like he's somebody that Arteta <laughs> really likes, like yeah. and really like or was wanted for some time. Do you think that that this could really spell trouble for Ramsdale? I think it does. I think it does. But look, tr- tr- trouble for Aaron Ramsdale. It goes two ways. He's either going to embrace the competition, or he's mm. going to basically put put down on it and he's just going to be like, look, I can't be bothered to compete with this guy because he's good and he's better mm-hmm. than me. And I don't mm-hmm. see it that way. I think Aaron Ramsdale is just as good as David Raya and he'll push him all the way. And Aaron Ramsdale doesn't have that mentality to basically feel sorry for himself. He's going to be at it week in, week out in training to prove to Mikel Arteta, to prove to Inaki Kana that, look, I should be this, this number one for the football club. And David Raya... He comes across so well, like so well in the interviews, uh, comes across as a like humble guy, speaks well, speaks about the fact that he decided to come to Arsenal because it was the next step in his career. He wanted to work with Mikel Arteta. He likes the, like the, likes the fact that Arsenal play out from the back. It suits his style of play. And competition is good. It is good. you just spoken about it briefly, like in terms of Bakaya Saka. 
and trying to trying to find an option in terms of competing with Bakaya Saka. And that's not necessarily saying Bakaya Saka should be a backup option. And it's not necessarily saying Aaron Ramsdale should be a backup option. But let's see what they're both capable of doing. And now, finally, we've got two top, top goalkeepers that say if one's not at it, we've got someone that can come in straight away and prove that he is going to be at it. Whether it's in the Champions League, whether it's in the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, Premier League, we have got options now. And yeah, you spoke, you speak about the video in terms of his granddad, Yakin, I think his name was. Yeah. Like, it, it's beautiful. One of the best Spaniards ever to play the game, Yakin. Baller, baller, baller. But it's a beautiful video and it shows the culture change at this football club involving people, uh, players, families. And you saw it when Timber signed. His family was involved from the off. Declan Rice, when he signed, his family was involved yeah. from the off. Kai Havertz as well. His whole family was there um, when he was signing his contract. I think they they done a stadium tour as well. And I love that. I love that feeling because it shows the players that we're building something special here. But it's not just for the fans. It's not just for the players. It's for the whole club. It's for the whole family to be involved from the off. And you saw, you just love it when a ninety-one-year-old man, like old, he has that smile, and it's 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 a good feeling, isn't it? Like he's like, wow, like my grandson has achieved a great thing here, and it makes you proud. And like, I'm not even related to them, and I was like smiling. I was like, <laughs> it's, it's it's like a great feeling, but like we're, we're a classy fam, we're a classy family, we're a classy club. Yeah, we are a very classy club, and uh, I think that. You know, that that is the type of thing that makes players like Ray want to choose us over Bayern, you know, and, and we did. And so did Havertz and Rice chose us over Manchester City and, and other clubs. Timber chose us over the likes of Man United that were previously interested in Bayern as well. Arsenal have really bodied Bayern this window, my goodness yeah, me. big time, bro. <laughs> I know. Only players like Harry Kane end up, you know, places yeah. like Bayern these days. So, yeah, what Arsenal have done to elevate themselves. There was those comments from, I think it was Ivan Gazidis saying, you know, we moved to the Emirates to compete with Bayern. Mm. You know, and we are doing that. It's taken a lot longer <laughs> than we thought. Um, but finally, we now need to do it on the pitch, you know, and if we get them in the Champions League, you know, that's... We 100% we will. I'll say that oh, now. yeah. Harry Kane's coming to the carpet and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll knock him out of the Champions League. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we are less now than 200 subs uh, away from hitting uh, rather crazily 90,000 subscribers, uh, which means that we're just over 10,000 away from that magic number of 100,000. Um, so thank you so much, everybody that continues to support us here at the Arsenal way. It means an incredible amount. Uh, Umar puts in an amazing amount of work with the channel. We and, all do. We uh, all do. We all do. <laughs> and props to Umar for that. Charlie uh, has returned after a nice holiday as well. So hopefully we'll have Charlie back soon as well, uh, helping to uh, yeah to do the to, to do the good work as well and produce some more shorts. I know you guys really enjoy the shorts that are on the channel and stuff. So keep watching them. And uh, yeah, uh, Umar, thank you so much for your time. Any final words and thoughts? Final thoughts. Oh, did you see Gunduzi yesterday? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Um, <laughs> lol. <laughs> oh, I can't stand that guy. I, I just can't stand him. So, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> yeah, no, I was happy for Aubameyang, Um But then it Yeah, just I was went. happy for Aubameyang, yeah. actually. Believe it or not, I did it. I yeah. did like that. Yeah, and then it just basically went wrong. <laughs> it went wrong as soon as he came on. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. It is what it is. Oh dear, comes on, 
misses or rather gives away the penalty in the what hundredth minute. He punched minute. it. Did he punch it? He punched the well, ball. Well, I saw Rory's <laughs> tweet where he says he punched it. It's not a punch. His arms are like like this, and it just kind of like the ball just hits him like on the arm. It's not a punch. It's just and like then he missed, then he missed the penalty. And then he missed a pen. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember when, like I was told, oh, Arteta, what are you doing, bro? Why are you getting rid of Genduzi for? He's going to be going to play for PSG and Barcelona. Passion mentality, mate. That's what they yeah, wanted. Passion like, mentality. Know, Grabbing one, people one, by the front. <laughs> <laughs> or 2 0. I don't know what it was. 1 0, maybe. Oh, gloated. Yeah. Very, 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 very happy that, that you know, that, that we decided to move on from Genduzi. Wrong mentality, wrong profile. And I think it's. Yeah, it's gone the way that I think that maybe Arteta foresaw um, it going. So uh, they're actively trying to sell him. Maybe you know Emery can rescue his career at Aston Villa. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, you'll be rescued tomorrow by Umar, I'm sure, for a morning show. I'm not around, but uh, there's going to be updates from Mikel Arteta's press conference uh, to discuss on that. So make sure you tune in for the breakdown and, of course, for the replay of that. As I said, help us on our way to uh to 90k and uh yeah soon it'll be the the road to 100 which would be incredible considering the fact that you know i think that we started this channel very close nearly, to this day nearly, yeah two years nearly huh yeah yeah it's august it's august 2021 yeah. we started yeah. the channel and to get to 90k in two years and i was looking as well just while we were live at nearly 50 million views as well yeah um is incredible um so thank you to the channel uh thank you to the audience thank you to everyone that works and has helped contribute um you know way back when i remember gina and you know mm. james helping us out um you know i really really uh i'm very very thankful that we've got we've had such an amazing crew of people that are so willing to provide that help and and uh, put their effort into it so yeah thank you uh, we will see you of course as i mentioned tomorrow have a fantastic day and as always keep following us down at the arsenal way